Are you looking to repair the interior of your boat, car, RV, or household furnishings? Is the canvas on your boat in need of repair or replacement? Is the carpet on your boat getting a little worn? Look no further than BB Custom Upholstery, located in Montgomery, Texas. BB Custom Upholstery specializes in high-end, high-quality vinyl, leather, canvas, and carpet, and we work with you on the design of your custom project. With over 50 years of industry experience, the staff at BB Custom has what it takes to work with you to ensure that your project meets or exceeds all of your expectations. Have you had projects done in the past and found that the material faded or the stitching started coming loose? BB Custom Upholstery uses nothing but the finest materials available to ensure the long life of your custom job. Contact BB Custom Upholstery today at 936-448-8240 or check us out on the web at bbcustomupholstery.com. He'll be glad you did. Welcome to the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. Your one-stop shop for raw takes on current events, sports, news, and everything in between. Inspiring people to chase their dreams, share their success stories, and find joy in life. Now, here's your captain at the helm, U.S. Navy veteran, Jimmy Rogers. What is up, shipmates? We're in the studio for another episode of the State of Jimmy podcast. Thanks for taking the time today to hang out for a little bit. We'd like to start the show with some questions. We call it this or that. Have a little fun with you. So are you a chicken or steak guy? Steak. You better say steak. Coffee or tea? Uh, definitely coffee in the morning. But yeah, I like a good old glass of sweet tea, too. <laughs> well, you're a Texas boy, so summer or winter? Oh, man. Uh you know, there's a lot of things that I do that are that are seasonal. You know, the deer hunting and the fishing and all that kind of stuff. The uh, the old body don't work well with cold weather no more. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I man, I I've been doing a little bit of crappie fishing, so yeah, it's uh summer summer's good. You know, we start rodeoing again and uh, shoot, man, we I think me and Jace already put up like 96 crappies, so we. We're happy when springtime gets here. So you can sure. find fun in the summer or the winter. So oh, I was yeah. thinking about some of this or that questions earlier, and I, I wonder, because I know you got such a busy busy schedule, and with all this new technology, do you use a digital calendar? Do you use your phone to keep up with your schedule, or are you still one of those old school guys that has a paper calendar and writes everything in a, in a little <laughs> notebook? <laughs> I I have a I have a young lady by the name of Heather Ward that, uh, <laughs> that keeps up with a bunch of stuff, and uh but I, 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 I still am old school. I, I do a lot of writing on legal pad. And, uh, you know, she's, uh, she does pretty good keeping up with all my stuff, but, uh, yeah, I, as far as technology goes for me, I mean, I'm, uh, I guess I'm still stuck back in the, back in the days. I mean, of, uh, you know, writing stuff down, making a list, you know, I've had to start using technology. <laughs> sounds like I'm in the stone <laughs> age, but yeah, I mean, for, for writing and, and stuff like that, I use my phone a lot. I've, I've actually got a MacBook. I've had it for about three years now and I haven't set it up yet. So <laughs> yeah, you gotta get a new one. Man, I, I, I'm not an Apple MacBook person. Lindsay uses the MacBook and she swears by it, but I'm a, I just, I just told him, listen, this is all I need. You give me, show me, show me where I've got to push the button to where I could write my songs and save my songs. I said, email and that is all I need. I don't need all the rest of it because I don't know what it does. That's what you got your team for. Are That's you a it. morning person or a night owl? I am night owl, definitely. Uh, the schedule has been set that way for probably about 20 years now when people are turning off i'm turning on so try to i try to keep that schedule that way you know out on the road you have to keep that schedule man i mean if not then you get into trying to flip your days and nights and all that kind of stuff and i mean heck i don't i'm i'm a guy that that doesn't have to run on much sleep so um i uh i sleep when i when i can and and you know we're up like today, I mean, I had to. I've got things going on. I got to take horses to the vet and do 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 the the normal everyday people kind of stuff. Uh, so it, it's a it's a juggle, you know. You balance that out and try to get as much sleep, stay as healthy as you can, 
Um, but you also have to live a normal right. life. I, I think that's that's the part of this industry that um, people people don't see the inside of the artists as far as outside of what he does for music. You know, um, you still have to live a, a normal family sure. life. So uh, I juggle it um, and and try to you know try to do my best to. To, to stay with You're it a all. night owl, but when you got to be, when you got to get up early to get something done, you can still get up early and get it done. Yes. All right. One more. You want to ask this one, Billy? Yeah, I can do that since it relates to food. <laughs> uh, we want to know if it's beans or no beans in your chili, Josh. No beans in the chili, man. I've, uh, uh, I'm kind of the traditionalist as, as, as far as it comes to chili. Now I have ate some, uh, some really good chili before that had kidney beans in it. And it was it was deer chili. Uh, it was dang good, but that's the best man. Chili. If I'm gonna do it, if I'm if I'm gonna be the one cooking it, there ain't gonna be no beans in it. Yeah, you can't uh, have beans on top of your cracker neither. <laughs> no, nothing no. but meat. Uh, Lindsay swears that you have to have beans in your chili. I'm like, I, I'm with y'all. No beans in my chili. The the boys actually made some chili the other day for a, for one of the one of the cookoffs down there, and. Uh, they, I think they used elk meat and stuff like that. Oh wow, um, man, it was really, 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 really good stuff. But uh, they were asking, beans or no beans? I said, if you're gonna cook chili in Texas, you cannot have beans. There you go. We had a cook chili cookoff a few weeks ago. We had a team that had zebra. They had like zebra, elk, three or four exotic meats in the, yeah. in the chili. It was, it was good. damn good chili. You know that zebra was the best thing that I ate when I was over in Africa. Really? It, it I, I, it was totally blown away by the by the tenderness and the way that they prepared it and billy you'll appreciate this when when it was delivered to us the way it was served and presented on the plate <laughs> they served it with a white mushroom sauce really? wow. so it was like it looked like brisket it had the consistency of brisket like when you pull it apart and you can see the grains oh wow in, in the in the in the middle that's exactly what it looked like was was sliced brisket with white mushroom sauce over it. Huh. Hey, Interesting. I want to ask a question since you brought up going your trip to Africa. I heard a little story you told one time to me and a couple of other guys at the feed store. Do you remember that story? <laughs> Is that story? Was it the one about the baboons? <laughs> well, some kind of monkey that was dancing in front yeah. of you. We we had an incident while I was over there in the blind. And uh, we, uh, we basically, what happened is, those the baboons over there are very intelligent and they watch you from afar you don't even know they're watching you and over there they have these big um it's like feed sacks that you would get from the co-op kind of like those plastic bags and uh they mill all this feed down well to to keep it uh you know for you never know what blind you're gonna hunt so they keep these bags of feed inside the shooting house inside the concrete uh blind well, those baboons know that that's in there because they've watched them. <laughs> well, I shot my Impala and they thought we left, but we, we got back in the blind after I did that. And basically they came to see who was there. <laughs> um, they, uh, one, one baboon came out and then about 35 of them came out. They didn't go to the feed bin. They didn't go to the water trough. They came straight to the blind. Well, when I got in there, I noticed that all the blinds, the windows, the locks were gone. Well, those baboons had went in there and pulled. This This just goes to show you how intelligent they are. They go in there and they pull all the locks out of the windows. So whenever they want to, they can go in there and be readily available of food. Um it, it got pretty intense there for uh, about 10 seconds, which like seemed like a lifetime. But, yeah, we had 35 baboons trying to climb into the blind that we were in. Um, so how did you, uh, you keep them out or how did that end? Uh, we physically had to keep the windows shut. Me and my PH had to keep the windows closed. Um, one of them actually reached through uh, – the window that didn't have glass in it, which that was another thing we showed up and the, some of the glass was busted out in this. Mm. So I was like, man, what's really going on? But <laughs> yeah, uh, he, he reached in and, uh, my PH William, uh, he's a, he's a heck of a hand. He, uh, he basically slapped this baboon's hand 
he was reaching in to try to find the latch and open the window and he slapped <laughs> his hand and the baboon pulled his hand back and looked and made some kind of little whistle sound and 30, 30 some odd wow. baboons disappeared. Wow. Like they were never there. Huh. So, um, interesting. It was definitely an experience. Um, I left a lot of details out, Billy, that yeah. I told that night, uh, <laughs> uh, strictly for this podcast. But, Should have been uh, drinking a little yeah, before he man, came home. <laughs> it, it, it was intense. And as soon as they left, uh, my kudu that I also shot came in and he was like, all right, get ready to shoot your kudu. And I'm over here like, you know, heart racing. And then he tells me later on, he's like, you know, if he would have got in here, that would have been a bad situation. I would have had to discharge my firearm. You know, we've got this wild baboon running around in the blind with us. So, I mean, it could have you would have probably had escalated to, to uh, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> it could have been bad, yeah. but uh, you know, it, it, it was it was an experience from Africa that uh, that I'll never forget. Um, and hopefully, it doesn't happen. It's a good again. story to tell. Uh, we're leaving. We're leaving twenty twenty four. Jace turns eighteen, and uh, I'm taking him back over there to to go hunting with us. So there you go. A uh, bunch of bunch of dads are their kids are turning eighteen graduation, so it's kind of kind of that father son hunt. So uh, yeah, look forward to it, man. That's a good story to tell. Heck yeah. Yesterday, I saw you played in the uh, the Texas EquiSearch Golf Tournament. Saw that on your socials. Yes. Uh, you know this event you're coming down to play in April for uh, us and Boots for Troops. Uh, we're partnered with Moffitt Services, and Moffitt Services have been big um, <clears throat> endorsers of Texas EquiShirt as well. So we, me and Billy were talking before the show. We were wondering, you know, they specialize in, uh, they search for missing people. and They help families yeah. out during times of hardship. We were wondering, do they use any of those strategies that they know for missing people to find all your missing golf balls yesterday? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know what? I actually, I found a bunch of golf balls, but uh, I actually played with the same ball all day yesterday. Wow, uh, I'm impressed. I, I, I didn't play very well. We came in dead last. Uh, we were we were actually the the first team to shoot off on hole number twelve, and we were the last team to finish. <laughs> so, uh, we we let people play through. You know, uh, a lot of times, guys. I mean. I do try to play golf whenever I can, uh, just, uh, just an outlet on the road, uh, to get out and break up some time. But, um, anytime that I'm able to, um, you know, use either my resources or, or whatever it may be to support a cause, you know, we, we always try to do that. Um, especially something like that, uh, right. when it comes to kids, you know, I got a, I got a big heart, but, um, <clears throat> You know these 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 people were putting these searches on, and some some of the volunteers, the majority of the volunteers that work there, have had some kind of um, loss in their family like that. Um, some some people are still looking for their loved ones um, years 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 later. Um, I just uh, it was on my heart to to be a part of something like that, to try to give back uh, and support an organization like that. I mean all this stuff is volunteer. So, sure. I mean, it's, uh, definitely when you get a chance to do that, uh, do it, you know, it's, it's for a good cause. Well, that, that organization does searches all over the country too. I, they, yes. I remember they even went to Aruba when uh, Natalie, yes. Natalie Holloway mm -hmm. was missing and helped out there. So, I mean, just a fantastic organization. But that was actually Billy Billy's joke that I stole there looking for your golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Jimmy stole my thunder. <clears throat> yep, sure did. That's why you're one of the good guys, oh Josh. You do stuff like that, and you care about other people and and the things that they do. That's why we we all really appreciate you. That's for sure. Certainly. Well, you know, guys, the way I always looked at it is, you know, if more if if more people had it in their heart to to go do something for somebody without anything in return. I think this old world would be a whole lot better place to live in. Definitely. Um, so, I'm, you know, I'm not Superman or, or anything by that means, but, you know, if I could do my part to help it out, I mean, it's it's just doing something good for somebody and, and not expecting anything in return. I mean, that's, that's the way I've always lived. I mean, you guys have known me for years. I mean, I heck, I help anybody that wants to help themselves. But, uh, 
yeah, it, to to be involved with an organization like that to to help out is is uh is, is just the way you need to be. You know, I'm uh uh I don't I don't do any of this anything that I've ever done as far as benefits or support or anything. I don't want an ounce of recognition from that. I don't. You know, I think as humans, that's what we should do is, is, is help each other. And a lot of people's gotten away from that. You know, they, they worried about concerning themselves with taking care of them and, and their own and, and which, you know, in the world that we live in today, yeah, you gotta, you gotta be right and tight and taking care of your business. But uh, when you can lend a helping hand, especially something like that, that's, that's, uh, that's big. It helps other people out. I, so. I know you don't want the recognition, but I just have a real quick story. Back in 2000, I think it was 17, when you, the first time you played concert in the country for us, um, you were coming, you just came off stage, you were wearing a brand new straw cowboy hat. And I came up to you and I said, Hey, I got somebody willing to donate a thousand dollars to the organization. If, you'll take that hat off that you just wore on stage and sign it. <clears throat> and you told me, man, I just bought this hat, but you took the thing <laughs> off, you signed it and you gave it for the thousand dollar donation. And um, that donor made the thousand dollar donation and then gave me the cowboy hat. I still have that cowboy hat. It's in our, it's in our office. We keep it <clears throat> show it to people all the time. So it's kind of like a concert in the country memorabilia. <clears throat> so yeah. that was really cool that you did that. And, and that meant a lot to us. It's all about giving back, man. If 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 you're doing something for a cause, work for the cause. Yeah. Don't don't work for the recognition. Work for the cause, and that's uh, that's something that you know I've I've always lived by, man. I mean, it, mm -hmm. it for one, it's peace of mind to me knowing that that we helped out somebody sure. or or we donated to a cause, and I can lay my head down on a pillow at night knowing that that we did something good for somebody. Exactly. So, for sure. So I was asking the I was asking the family yesterday and some people this morning. Hey, what, anybody got anything cool? You want me to ask Josh? I don't know if this is necessarily cool, but the what people really wanted to know, especially in my family, you've had a chance to be around Lindsay and uh, my in laws, and <clears throat> you know they're really big in the horse business. So they wanted mm -hmm. me to ask you: Have you had an opportunity to get back on a horse since your accident? And yes, sir. <clears throat> since the accident. Something like that. How does it change your perspective on life? <clears throat> a lot. Uh, well, you know, I started riding. I was back riding. Heck, I don't know. Heather, what do you think? Five weeks. Yeah, I, five weeks after my wreck, I was back on. Um, and to be honest with you, getting back on a horse was actually my physical therapy is the way I look at it. They, uh, the incision that they made on me was from the bottom of my sternum past my uh, past my waistline. So everybody knows um, your core is everything. Um, it's it's the way that you walk. It's the way that you breathe. It's the way that you know you pick up things. You use muscles that you don't realize that you have until they're not able to do that. Right. So um, for me to to try to build my core back up. It's it's been a long journey, man. Uh, it's uh, it's definitely not an overnight uh, healing process. Uh, I still have um, things that I gotta watch um, and you know be careful about. I mean, I, I can't go pick up you know two bags of feed and run right. to the feed feed room with it. You know, I gotta I really gotta be careful because it tore muscles on this side down it's it's taking a while to, to heal up um you know they cut um they cut one foot of small intestine mm. out of me um so <clears throat> it did it's a, it kind of changed the the diet up um but you know for me <laughs> my wife always tells me she said you've only got four left <laughs> and she's talking about his life yeah. so um well, you had the bamboo or the or the monkey. Yeah, <laughs> the, monkey, the, uh, horse. I mean, <laughs> the horse. You know, I'm, I, I'm like a magnet when it comes to stuff. Like, like to that. live life on the think. edge, Josh. Maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, I like, I, I like to run right on the ragged edge a bunch. But, when if, you know, as far as, as far as changing what I am and who I am, yes, it made me closer to my family. Uh, you know, it uh, 
it made me realize just how fast life can change. Um, it made me realize that, you know, I'm not invincible. I'm not Superman. Uh, I can't, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's age or, or what, I mean, in my mind, I'm still 18 years old and I want to run and gun as fast as I can. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, <clears throat> getting, getting thrown off horses and stepped on it, it puts a kink in your style. It will slow you down. And it, at 42 years old, I had to slow down. Um, but um, I'm still thankful to be getting on good horses and uh, uh, being able to, to live the lifestyle that, that, that I lead outside of the music business. Right. Um, anybody that knows me knows that I eat, sleep, and breathe, you know, to, to hunt, fish, and ride a good horse. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's who I am. Um, but no, I mean, as far as changing, yes, it will. I mean, anything that, anything that, that, <laughs> that is life altering like that, I mean, you're going to have changes and sure. you got to ask yourself, you know, dig down, like, do you still want to do this? Mm -hmm. Are you, are you still, do you still have the, what it takes to go do this? And, and I do, I, I, I'm, I'm hard headed. <laughs> <laughs> so, we all are sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> You know, um, I think it's, I've always told everybody, good Lord gave me a hard head and broad shoulders. And that's for a reason. So I can shoulder things when it comes like that. So, but yeah, we, well, we're back at it though. We're doing good. Uh, heck I'm, uh, I'm just, I just try to live life day to day. Well, we, you we know? all know uh, that your, that your slogan is all grit, no quit, right? <laughs> that's it. So you gotta live by that. Hey, Josh, um, Recently, you had a, a pretty life-altering experience, I believe, too, from what I've seen, is when you got to play at the Grand Ole Opry, knowing yeah, the legends that, that played there and everything, what was that experience like for you? I can tell you right now, guys, I'm still riding that high. Uh, that's, uh, you know, 20 years in this business, and we've did everything from – the highs, the highs to the lows, the lows. I mean, I still think back at, you know, my wife rolling chains in the living room floor just to make sure that we get where we're going. We got fuel and, and the boys get paid, you know. Right. I still try to live like that. Even though we've had these accolades, you know, of the the awards, you know, from the TRRR or the Grand Ole Opry, um, the experience – was was life-changing um i you know i always tell people i said you know uh why don't you go to the country music hall of fame or why hadn't you went to the grand Ole opera and i said i ain't gonna go there until i play there you go you know yeah and i i stood true to that and i did i never went until i stepped in the middle of that circle That's awesome. um the country music hall of fame i went there after i played the grand Ole opry because they just put Keith Whitley into the country music hall of fame. It's a shame. It only took him 30 years to do that. Um, should have been done a long just, time ago. That, yeah. That's just, yeah. That's just, that's just me. Uh, but, uh, man, to, to be able to step on a stage that the greats, all the guys that you were raised on, all the guys that you honed your skills after knowing they stood in that circle. And that's, that's something nobody could ever take away from you. You know, that's, I went and did that, yeah. you know? Um, but yes, I'm, I'm dang sure thankful that I finally got to do it. Uh, we've been invited back to play again. Um, I think the next step in my career is to, uh, to work on the rhyming. Yeah. Um, that was a know, question we were going to ask you. Say, slow down, man. That was a question we had for you. <laughs> But I do have, I do want to know though, cause I'm, I can see how, uh, just bringing this up, how emotional it makes you. What was it like, or how, can you tell us a little bit about the phone call or the email, or how did you find out that you were going to be invited to play a part, play at the Great Old Opry? And something else I want to know: once you play there, does that make you a member of the Opry? No, you got to you got to go back and play consistent shows. Like you, you have to put the work in at the Opry to become a member. And I don't know what all comes goes into becoming a member, but. 
I, I believe it's showtime. How much time you devote when you're in town? That's why they. That's why they gave me an open door policy. They said if you're in town and just want to stop by and say hello, come by and say hello. Right. If if we got a spot and you want to play that night, step on stage and go play. You know, um, I think you got to do that quite a bit, and, right. and then uh, they they see fit once everybody knows you and and, and stuff like that, and they they know that you're a, a a worthy person of this because that is a, that is a huge uh, a huge thing to bestow on somebody is is uh, to be the member of the Grand Ole Opry. I mean that's that's history. Sure. That's not just being a member. That is changing history. Right. Um, the, uh, you know, what, what was the other question my, there, Billy? I'm sorry. My question, Tree Josh was, what was the moment like, or how, what was that phone call like, or the email? How did, oh, the phone call. Yeah. yeah. When, you, um, when they got, when you got the invitation. So, so <clears throat> me and, me and my beautiful bride, we were on our, what was that? 19th anniversary. <laughs> Um, I, I I thought that I'd be the you know the perfect husband, right. and uh, and take my bride out for for dinner <laughs> and a night on the town and and all that. So I did. I I set us up at a swanky steak joint down there in Houston, and uh, we were sitting there. And uh, my my manager at the time he had he had sent me a text and said, "Congratulations, you're going to play the Grand Ole Opry." Wow, and that was it. we didn't even know yeah. we didn't even know what we were trying to go for the grand Ole opry wow. it's just something the camp did within itself but uh man that was a that was just icing on the cake man celebrate uh celebrating 19 years of marriage with my beautiful bride and then finding out you know <clears throat> i mean what a perfect that, what a perfect time to be on a uh, on a celebrating something like that already something special yeah yeah and then you just I mean, say you just tell the waitress hey bring me another <laughs> that whiskey yeah, or a shot yeah, or something yeah <laughs> uh, I, I definitely had me a couple of uh don julio's on <laughs> oh man uh, wow. and but you know that was that wasn't just a win for me yeah. that was that was a win for everybody i mean my wife i mean she you you know jimmy i mean yeah. it, you you, yours does the same thing. I mean, they, y'all work hand in hand, side by side. You are a team, and it was as much, uh, it, it was as much uh, uh, a surprise and 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 a good thing for Heather. You know, she she earned that. Well, who when you got the text, who cried first? You or her? Uh I don't. I didn't cry. I know it was her. Uh, no, uh, she she did. She got a little emotional over it, but I didn't. I didn't get emotional until I stepped out of that out of that circle. Yeah. Um, my buddy Mark Wills. Well, heck, y'all know Mark. Yeah, Mark. Yeah. I got an old picture of me, Mark. you, and Mark. Uh, yeah, Mark. Mark actually drove down to Nashville to uh, to visit with me. You know, and congratulate me at the Opry, and uh, he and I were standing side stage, and he said. I want you to enjoy this. He said, don't get out there and rush. He said, soak all of it in. He said, it's going to be over in a second. Yeah. He said, but I'm going to tell you right now, that circle, it feels different than the stage that's around yeah. it. Uh, he, he said, I don't know what it is, whether it's a power. And I felt it. Yeah. I know what it is. It's that stage resonates different like the wood you it's like a force field coming up through that circle um a lot of it has to do with mental as far as how much it meant to me to stand in that circle the energy that was there um the energy that everybody from home that made the trip to um to to nashville to from to see me at the grand Ole opry all of that energy was challenged was was channeled through that and and i felt it well yeah I, um, you said it was a win for more than just yourself and 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 heather it was a win for your fans too because yeah we were all so proud when we found out that you were playing the opera like what well, well deserved and we thought we won too so <clears throat> especially you being from our here in montgomery county in our hometown so it was we were all very proud no doubt well, about you it know, i always tell everybody and, and i say this every night that we step on stage you know Going back to the to the accolades, the awards, the 
the number ones, the the Grand Ole Opry, none of that's given to you. Yeah. None of it is. It's earned. Um, it's just like rodeoing. They don't give out awards for participation. Or buckles. That you you got you gotta earn it, you know? Um, and I tell I tell our people, our fans, our friends that come out, you supporting us and buying our records, paying your hard-earned money to get through the door to come see us. That's the way these things are earned. Mm-hmm. That's what keeps us going. That's what makes us go strive to be a better artist for the fans. Right. Yeah, we, we want to go be the better artist. We want to go sell out shows. We want to make a living doing this. But if it wasn't for the people that's showing up and supporting you, yeah. Why? Yeah. Why would we even go out and do it? Why would we play 200 dates a year? Why would we go and spend more time on a bus with the band and the crew more than we spend with our own families at home sometimes? Yeah. Why would we go do that? Obviously, you've got to love it. Sure. You have to love this. If not, it's going to eat you up. But I would say, just like you were saying, it was a win for everyone. Um, it was a win for our fans. That, that to me was something that just says, look guys, we all went and did this. I didn't go do that. I was the lucky one that got to stand in that circle and have my name saying Josh Ward played the Grand Ole Opry, Mm -hmm. but I wouldn't have got there if it hadn't been for everybody behind me. So, well, very true. Very true. Well, I got one more question for you before we get you out of here. Thank you for taking time. Um, Absolutely. You're coming down. You're coming home on April 29th to play the third annual Peel for a Purpose Crawfish Festival presented by Moffat Services and Scaffold North America. It's been in fitting boots for troops. What does it mean to you when you get an opportunity to do anything that supports our active duty military? As you know, Josh, you've been around the organization for a few years. We send custom care packages overseas to deploy troops. Uh, just last week, we flew home a a soldier whose dad was dying and got him home to see his dad before he died <clears throat> and got to spend some time with the family and attend the funeral. All these things that we're able to accomplish are through these fundraising events. What does it mean to you to be able to be on that stage and help, help make that possible and raise money for our troops? It, it means the world <clears throat> to me, Jimmy. I mean, I'm, I never got to serve. Um, I was, uh, I, I think that I was more worried about making a dollar, you know, going out and, and and living my life i mean serving was just never uh not that i didn't want to or if if i was asked to do it yeah i would i would have probably went but i just i never got that opportunity um but i've had a lot of buddies that uh they uh they went and did a job and to them it was going and doing a job. But for us back here at home, it gave us peace over here. It let us lay our head down on pillow a little easier at night, knowing that the boys and girls over there are doing what they do for a job. That is their job. Um, people don't realize what, what they go through. Um, I know, Jimmy, you served. Uh, I, I know uh, you know firsthand of how these things work. Um, some people leave. Some people don't come home. Um, that's that's big to me. That's, that's dads having to leave their kids. That's moms having to leave their kids, leave their families here for months, years. Um, it's not easy being in the service, you know. You, you, uh, you damn sure don't get paid enough to do it. I know that, but, uh, my support for our military, um, our servicemen and women, um, is it, huge for me. I, I will always be a supporter. Um, I'm, I'm that guy that whenever it's asked for me to do, I will. So, um, they went and served. It's my time to serve and give back. So, and you've helped us in the past. You've signed hats and shirts, and we've put them in boxes and sent them overseas. And you've donated back when you've been around. And 
So I want to thank you personally for doing all you've done for us and look forward to having you at this event. The only other thing I got for you is, uh, have you ever taken Heather Ward to a restaurant called Captain Brad's? <laughs> I haven't. Tell me about okay. Captain uh -oh. Brad's. <laughs> you got to pay the bills, wow. right? Uh, Captain Brad's <laughs> is located off 249 in North Point, kind of in the Tomball area, but um, a big supporter of the Boots for Troops as well, a big supporter of the community, but just a great restaurant. Brittany and her team uh, do a great job, great service. But seafood, crawfish, oysters, crab legs. And then me and Billy were just talking about the surf and turf burger. Yeah. Uh, if you go over there, Josh, get you the surf and turf burger because it's legit. <clears throat> it's probably my favorite thing on the menu. But I'll I'll have to take Mama over on date night. There you go. And uh, and see uh, see if I can get some points, man. I you know being being gone so much on the road. I mean, I try to be that that. Uh, I don't think you can call me a trophy husband, <laughs> but uh, I, I try to be one. You know, I try to. I, I try to do good every time I get a chance. You look dang, you look dang good to me on stage in them starch jeans. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, but seriously, take her over there uh, to Captain Brad's. Ask for Brittany. She's the owner. And tell her uh, yeah. Sailor Jimmy podcast sent y'all over there. And uh, we support. We appreciate their support. But, Josh, thanks so much, man, for taking the time today. Absolutely, yeah, brother. It's been Thank y'all for having me. Tell Heather we said hi, too. We didn't get to see her very much, but at least we heard her in the background. <laughs> yeah, she she's usually back there uh, giving directions and and tell she always waves me off like this <laughs> whenever I'm asking her a question that I don't know about. And uh, she's like, "Why do you do that? Like people can see you doing that." That's funny. She gets That's funny. so my my sole purpose in life is to aggravate her as much as I can. There you go. I think yeah. that's all of our goals sometimes. Heck yeah. <laughs> I like I like the sound of it. I'll be sure to remind her of that next time I see her. Next yeah. time you're home, y'all come see me. It's been a while I since I've seen you. You know where I'm talking about. Yes, sir. Tell Jason said hi. I will. He's actually at the, he's up in North Texas right now. Um uh, He's getting him a little bit of practice in. He's going all the way to Guthrie this weekend to rope at the BFI team roping up there at the Lazy Arena. Hopefully, awesome. he he's doing he's doing really well, and uh, hopefully, he'll excel in, in this one this this week. So hey, we'll see. Real quick, bringing that up, are, are are you giving his partner any pointers? Uh, uh, what's his? Uh, is it Caden? The, yeah, the one that he, sings not, too out with us out there sometimes. He, yeah, he he high school rodeos with with Caden, mm -hmm. and uh, he's he's actually roping at BFI with Kate Holiday this this round. Okay, but uh, uh, I think that that Caden had a show or something that he couldn't make it. But yeah, I, you know, as far as our younger generation coming up, I I try to be the 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 cool dad. Um, I try to be the one. Um, that that does that leads them you know and tries to uh tries to give them as much good information as i can um whether they listening to me or not i don't know um but um that's our future and anytime that you're able to pass your 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 knowledge on or or maybe you've been there where they've been you know right now and uh try to help them ease through life a little bit easier um that's what you go and do. We're stewards. So, um, yeah, man, when it comes to kiddos, I try to, I try to support them as much as I can. And, uh, you know, I got, I got one going down the road that, uh, that, that we're supporting and it's, it's kind of like that rodeo family, you know, you, you, yeah, you love your kid and you want your kid to do good, but those boys that are around him, I mean, they need that stuff too. You know, exactly. one of them, one of, one of my, you know, one of them might not have a daddy figure that 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 you have that he has that support team behind him, and I know firsthand, um, you know, running up and down the rodeo trail whenever I was there, I didn't have a support group. You know, I didn't I didn't have um, I didn't have the people in my corner to back my play every time. If I got in the bind, I had to figure it out on my own, and. Uh, you know, these kids, the sport of rodeo has grown so much that um, it's not like it used to be. It wasn't just, you know, go down the road and hit a couple of jackpots. I mean, these kids are getting down with it now. 
Um, a lot of them are going to the, uh, like the junior BFI. I mean, uh, the junior Huey, the junior NFR. I mean, the, the sport is growing so much that if you don't have a support group or somebody there to help you along, you, you cannot go and get in this. You can't go and do it on your own. So I try to help out anywhere that I can, even if it's, even if it's not my kiddo, if, if it's somebody else, Hey man, I'm, uh, we, 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 we sponsor kids. Um, um, and, and just try to, I think me being involved in, I, I think what I'm trying to do is just point them in the right direction. Um, a, a positive path to go down and, and live by, uh, instead of, not just knowing the struggles, you know, yes. I think in life, especially, especially life in general, I think we have to go through the struggles to see the outcome, you know, to, to appreciate the, uh, the, the good when it comes through. So um, the more that I can do that and help out, the better off we'll be, you know, no doubt about it. We appreciate you being a mentor to our youth. We need more people like you, Josh. Well, you know, it being, being a mentor is, it's a double-edged sword. You know, you've got to be the guy that's there for them, but you also got to be the guy that's real. You know, hey, life ain't roses and, and and you know, lucky charms every day. You know, it it takes a village to do this stuff, and you you have to be the guy that is stern with them as well to to go, hey, this is this is life, man. This is big. This is the big world. And if you don't take the bull by the horns and figure it out, you're going to get left behind. So I am, I am kind of <laughs> that, uh, I guess we could say hard ass on here. Can't we, you know, we all, yeah. <laughs> Just as much as you want. It's the sailor, sailor, Jimmy. Podcast. <laughs> right. No, but Josh, we do, <laughs> we do got to run. I got Casey Donahue standing by. I'm going to get him in for an interview, but I really, man, I really appreciate all the time you spent with us today. You bet. Tell Casey, I said, hello. Can't wait to get on stage and, uh, and burn it up with him. All right, Josh. Thank you again, man. See you later, buddy. Y'all be good. All right. See ya. What's going on, Casey? Oh, man, just uh, getting on down the road today. Well, thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend with us here on the Sailor Jimmy podcast. Um, we're going to throw some rapid fire questions at you real quick to get it started. Are you a chicken or a steak guy? Uh, steak. Steak. Coffee or tea? Oh, man. Depends on the time of day. <laughs> so you're both. Yeah. Summer or winter? Summer. What's your favorite thing to do during the summer? Man, watch these boys play baseball. I'm sure you got a busy schedule, a lot on your schedule. What do you, are you? Are you one of those guys that's kind of come along and modernized your way of thinking? Do you use a digital calendar like your phone, or do you still use the old school paper write it down calendar? <laughs> man, I'm not real <laughs> technical, man. I'm uh, and I'm not real write it down either. I'm usually just uh, kind of uh, shooting from the hip, and then uh, when they tell me. Uh, time to get on that bus and uh, try to get on there in a timely fashion so that we can uh, get to where we're going or tell you to get on that call for the podcast <laughs> i guess you got a good team for it, right yeah exactly i got a text i get a text while it goes so make sure you do this so i set an alarm in my phone and uh but if you'd have told me last week there's no way i remembered today i had a call sounds like he flies by the seat of his pants until he crashes <laughs> it's kind of what it sounds like yeah you know i'm just i'm just trying to juggling <laughs> all the time that's why he's got a good team yeah exactly are you a morning person or a night owl yeah, that's both too man like it just seems the older i get the earlier i wake up but i can still uh i can still run with the dogs every once in a while just uh not as many nights in a row it takes a little bit longer to recover these days <laughs> the older you get that's right exactly no doubt. All right, Bill, you got the last one. Well, uh, okay. Yes. Related to food, Casey, beans or no beans in your chili? Again, man, I'm okay either way, dude. I'm never going to turn down a plate of chili. I don't care if they got beans in it or they <laughs> don't have beans in it. I can't be trying chili. If you don't like the beans, just eat around them. You know what I mean? There you go. That's a good answer. It's too much, it's, it's, it's too much of a fight. You know what I mean? Just throw the beans out well, of the way. People take it too serious. I mean, they get in those debates about. Man, way yeah, too like, serious. Is, is Texas chili beans or no beans? I'm like, man, a good pot of chili is a good pot of chili. 100%. We talked to a guy earlier that Mike would sit here and argue with you for 30 minutes over that. We're going to fight about T-bones and fillets. Josh Ward says straight up no beans. That's it. I'll, I'll eat either bowl, sir. I'm okay with it. I'm okay with everything. All right, let's just get let's get that out there. I'm not here. I don't find <laughs> cool yeah, he just wants to sing music. And yeah, yeah I just want to hang out and everything be good. You can drink whichever beer you like, and uh, you know you can, you can root for whatever team you want to root for. I guess uh, go for it. Yep. 
Cool, man. Well, you're coming down to Houston April 29th to headline the third annual Peel for a Purpose Crawfish Festival. It's benefiting Boots for Troops, who sends custom care packages all over the world to every branch of the military, to our deployed men and women. Um, we also fund a service dog each year. And just last week, we flew a, a young soldier home to be with his dad uh, right before his dad passed. So we sponsor flights for emergency situations for our troops. <clears throat> what does it mean to you to step on the stage and be a part of the fundraiser? And do you have anybody in your family who's military or any kind of connection to the military? Yeah, my grandpa was in the Air Force. So, uh, World War II back. And then, uh, my dad was kind of the age where he missed, uh, missed the rest, uh, missed Vietnam. And, uh, so he wasn't in, uh, in the military at all. And, uh, our merch guy was in the Navy. Uh, and our old base player's kid was in the, uh, Army. So, uh, I'm, I'm a big supporter of, uh, of the armed forces. And just, man, it's, uh, it's always special to fly at home. That's a, that's a new one. I've been doing stuff like this a long time. I haven't heard of the uh, paying for the emergency flight. So that's awesome. It's an awesome twist. Very cool. One of my favorite songs by you, which I, I'm almost for sure is going to be on your set list. There's no way it won't be. <laughs> uh, is Stockyards. It's one of your first widely successful songs. What inspired you to write that song or cut that song? And how did that song come Man, about? Man, that was just a uh, true story. That's, that's one of the first full songs I ever wrote, you know, when I was a kid. And that was just kind of, that was a play-by-play of my uh, Friday, Saturday nights when I was uh, you know, 18, 19, 20, 21, maybe 22, 23. Those years were uh, spent in the north side of Fort Worth uh, looking for trouble. Going to Billy Bob's? Yeah, man. We'd hit the, we'd hit the strip there and, uh, you know, run up down the bars. And uh, it was just kind of a, uh, you know, I don't know how, I, I don't really, you know, it's been so long. Heck, I wrote that song probably 25 years ago. So uh, I don't remember where, how I was sitting when I did it. But, uh, you know, it was just cowboy country, just kind of kind of running through the north side of Fort Worth. Gotcha. Hmm. Hey, what, what what is your favorite venue you've ever played or a concert you'll never forget? Uh, you know, I mean, it's always special to play Philly Bob's. I grew up here in Fort Worth. And so going there and you sell that place out, it's always uh, – it's always special. It's a big hometown crowd, a lot of friends, a lot of family, and uh, it means a lot. Uh, and maybe the coolest thing, me and Randy, uh, for about three years, we, we did a show at Red Rocks uh, oh, yeah. in uh, Colorado, and that place is uh, just historic and iconic, and uh, it's special as well. So that's, uh, that's one that really always jumps out at me as, as, as something like, man, I, I've been there. Elvis played that stage. So did Casey Donahue. That's there you remarkable. go. I, I've, I've always wanted to go to the Red Rocks. I've never been. Uh, you should go, I've heard man. So many. Isn't that where they? Is that where they do Steamboat? No, so that's, Steamboat's in yeah. uh, Steam Springs, Colorado. It's on the mountain. Yeah, so it's too. Uh, yeah, Red Rocks <laughs> is carved out of the mountain. It's been, they've been doing shows there since like the late 1800s, and it's just man, you got right. you got the mountains on both sides, mountain behind you, and just ten thousand feeter just. They're like almost straight down towards you. It's really cool little theater. I think I've seen it on TikTok or something. Oh yeah, oh, they've yeah. they've done live at Red Rocks. A lot of different bands mm-hmm. recorded a DVD there and stuff. So it's, wow, it's pretty cool. So I don't know if you remember playing uh, Sawyer Park Ice House maybe a year ago or so in Spring, Texas. Um, <clears throat> I produced that concert, so I I brought you on for that gig. And I remember something that stuck with me about that show was when your show was over, how you stayed on stage and you signed autographs. I think you stayed up there for maybe 30 minutes and you tried to sign every piece of merchandise or poster that, that your fans had. Do you do that at every show? And what do your fans mean? Well, to you? I mean, we couldn't do it without, without fans. It'd be, uh, it'd be lonely out there, uh, playing to nobody. So, you know, I, I try to appreciate, uh, the people and, you know, you know, back in the day, I guess maybe pre-COVID, you know, you'd go out to the merch booth and stuff, and and then I just kind of got to where I like signing stuff from the stage. It just seemed like uh, seemed cooler and uh, a better fit for for me, and so I just kind of got into that groove. And I, I'd say probably ninety percent of the shows, you know, it just depends on if it allows it's set up for that uh, at that specific venue. But for the most part, I'll try to sign stuff uh, from the stage uh, after every show. 
you seem like a people person, so it seemed like you would have fun interacting with the people like that as yeah, well. Yeah, man, you know, it's uh, it's a good time to shake some hands, sign some stuff, uh, you know. It's, uh, I want to get a picture, and, uh, you know, I like, uh, I like, I like, I like people. Keep coming to shows. Well, <laughs> well, well, what, what, what's the weirdest thing you ever signed? Oh, man. Just throwing that out there. Man, we've signed, uh, I've signed a fade leg. I've signed uh, ankle monitors. Ankle oh, monitors. Uh, man, I've signed. I've I've signed guns. I've signed uh, built handgun carry permits. Just say it. We know what you signed. No, say man, it. I'm, uh, it's a family show. <laughs> I'm just messing with. Well, I'm sorry, but was the first one? Did you say? I'm sorry, but was the first uh, one? Did you say yeah, a wood leg? leg off one time, so I could sign his leg. A fake leg. Man, that and the ankle monitor. I mean. I don't even know if I'd have the nerve to, yeah, I don't even know if I'd have the nerve to lift up You know, if you're wearing an ankle monitor, monitor, you're probably supposed to be home by like 9 o'clock. Yeah, I don't so know what you're doing here. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well get an autograph, Might well get an autograph yeah, while I'm here. Sketchy, but, uh, you know what? Wow. I'll go with it. You, you have a lot of songs about the rodeo. One of my favorites is, um, what's that song? A cowboy, what's that cowboy song? <sighs> what cowboys do? What cowboys do? That might be. Sorry, I just drew my mind went completely no, blank. It's but okay. that's one of that's one of my favorite songs. Not just by you, but just one of my favorite songs. I play it all the time on the jukebox at the bar. Um, where did you rodeo when you were younger? Did you rope or anything like that? Ride? Yeah, bulls? so I team roped. Yeah, team roped uh, was. Uh, yeah, I rode some rough stuff when I was young. Before I realized you could get on a good horse and not have to get off of him. <laughs> so then I. Uh, I switched over to team rope and I grew up, my dad was a dairy farmer. So I grew up on a dairy farm and uh, my dad was a big cell barn guy, ran from cell barn, ran cattle his whole life. So uh, kind of around, around the crowd, around the industry. The venue that you're coming out to in April, at the end of April is a uh, beautiful horse farm. It's about 35 acres. We turned the first 13 acres into a concert venue. And uh, in the back of the, in the back of the property is our bullpen where we, the person who owns the property is actually a PBR stock contractor. We've had many bulls uh, on the PBR tour, and and they're out there on the property. So, if you want to, let us know. We'll take you out there and show you the show you the bulls. Heck yeah, man! Let's go check it out. I'm not getting on one, but we'll go look at them. Oh come on, man! We'll get enough get enough. I got a bad, I got a bad <laughs> knee, man. I would, but I got a I got a, I got a sketchy knee. Let's make sure we do it after the show. Yeah, okay. I just tell him I'm too. <laughs> just tell him I'm too old. Yeah, no doubt. Too old for all that nonsense. Hundred percent. Thank you for taking a little bit of time out of your day to spend with us, man. We really appreciate it. Like I said, we're looking forward to having you down to headline this event for our troops, and we're, we're just excited man, to have you. Glad to be a part of it. Sounds like it's a great cause, and uh, I'm looking forward to coming down there and playing, playing the song. All right, brother. We'll see you soon. All right, take care, guys. We Thank will see you, you guys on the next episode of the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. Thanks for listening to the Sailor Jimmy Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform so you never miss an episode. For more information or to connect with Jimmy, check us out on the web at SailorJimmy.com, on Facebook at Facebook.com slash SailorJimmyTX, on Instagram at SailorJimmyTX, and on TikTok at SailorJimmy. We'll see you next time.